there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, Drake Bell. Yes, that Drake Bell, who talks about, among other things, his admiration of Brian Setzer. Working with Brian was one of the coolest things also that I've ever done. He's my favorite guitar. I mean, everything that I did from the age of 12 was to be like Brian. I mean, my hair, my <laughs> clothes, my guitar, my style of playing, my... You know, and, and even when I got to see it, get tattoos, like everything was just like, I wanted to be like Brian. So in a little bit, we're going to uh, do a little review of Drake's show here in Cincinnati. A fangirl and Lizzie helping out. They also helped out on the interview, but we'll do a quick review of the show, kind of explain how all this came together and, and why it came together and all that fun stuff. Song of the Week will also be from Drake Bell. It's about a seven-year-old song, but we'll explain why we chose it. And, uh, well, in the meantime, let's start off first with our review of Drake's show. All right, this is the Drake Bell review portion of the show. Uh, we saw Drake Bell last week, and kind of weird how it all came together. <laughs> uh, Lizzie, who has a, I guess, I would say a, a variety of musical tastes now, uh, and favorite groups, The Clash and uh, Declan McKenna. And before that, she wasn't really into music like the rest of us were, except for one, Drake Bell. And Lizzie, how did you get into Drake Bell? Um... I was bored of music, so I went downstairs and looked up his music. I don't know why. Were you, was it from the show? <laughs> yeah. Being a fan yeah, of the show. The okay. Show. So you were a fan of the show. Okay. Cool. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. And you, and you got into it. <coughs> Sorry. That's okay. And you got into it, right? Yes. Very good. All right. So as it turns out, uh, well, we saw Drake Bell actually 10 years ago as one of the feature acts for Allie and AJ. And at the time, you know, we knew who he was, but we didn't really know his... And he seemed pretty cool. He did a... One of the last songs he did was a, like a little acapella thing with his backing band, which is very Beach Boys-esque. And I thought, wow, that, that's kind of cool. The amount of times Dad mentions the freaking acapella Drake Bell Well, that's what stood out to me. It's just like it wasn't, you know... It seemed like he wasn't just, you know, your garden variety teen yeah. pop uh, idol. And in fact, he does write a lot of his own songs on his own. He doesn't even get help with them, like uh, I explained at the end of the program when we picked the song of the week. But anyway... So let's get. To, so uh, anyway, he comes. To, we found out he's coming to town. We uh, reached out to the, the management. They were more than happy to uh, help us out in you know, seeing the show, and we got to, to meet Drake. In fact, there was a there was a meet and greet, and uh, Lizzie got to spend a lot of time with Drake. So uh, you want to go over a little bit of that, Lizzie Lou? Um, it was really fun. I feel like I feel like a lot of the other people didn't really take like. The opportunity, like they were all kind of just sitting in the corner, shy. and yeah. they were shy. And I mean, I'm normally a pretty shy person, but I kind of just sat right across from him at the table. <laughs> um, we also got to hear like some acoustic covers of songs, such as "Belly Ache" by Billy Eilish. Yeah, we asked him to sing songs for us, and he was just like, "All right," mm-hmm. <laughs> and just. And then I also got a follow on Instagram, and so. And one of uh, my wife's favorite songs of his is a cover of a Stray Cats tune, I Won't Stand In Your Way, which he did acoustically for her. And this was like kind of in a, a, a kind of an odd uh, venue. It's a really, well, it's a kind of a sports bar. It's really a hockey bar mm-hmm. during hockey season. It's between, if you're familiar with Cincinnati, it's between the two stadiums. Even though the arena is a couple blocks away, the, all the people for the hockey games come to that bar and then they go down and watch the Cyclones. But anyway, so it was their small stage. And uh, as far as the show goes, what did you guys think? I mean, I he sounded really good. He was, sounded really good. Yeah. It was really good. I thought that his first song was kind of like an interesting choice for a first song. It was, it was Acoustic Ice Ice Baby. Yep. And then he went into we one. I thought that was a little weird. And then he went into, right into Periscope. Oh, Periscope. 
Yes. Yes. Stopped up Periscope to tell me it was too adult of a song for me. Yeah, Lizzie was right in the front row and got to hold his guitar Literally. when he took off his sweater because it was very Sitting warm. Sitting on the stage, practically. And then uh, we requested a song, which is actually going to be the song of the week uh, at the end of the <laughs> show here. The song of the God. It's, uh, yeah, it's um, the song, song, called, song of the Lifetime. It's a song called You're Not Thinking, and he hasn't done it in a while, I guess, and I'll explain at the end of the show why that is, why you, it's hard to get that song except on YouTube right now. But um, Lizzie requested it. He agreed to play it, but then he couldn't remember all the words. And then so he had to look down at Lizzie, who was helping him w- with the words. He had to apologize to the audience and said, she requested it. What can I do? So, And then the, the only other thing, I guess, um, what he played about about an hour? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Guess about an and got hour. a pretty good crowd, considering it wasn't really uh, super well publicized uh, in town. We just oh, found man. out about it by accident. Yeah. But the we, crowd was interesting. We, there was yeah. some debate about whether the the the, the younger boys, and by, and by that I mean twenty something. It's got to be irony. There's no See, way. I don't know. It was like me and the Chainsmokers. I, I knew the Chainsmokers songs, yeah. but I went just to be all oh, oh, Chainsmokers. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, and anything twenty year old boys do looks dicky anyway, so That's it's hard to tell. Extremely true. Yeah, I think they do. I think also they were goes for Drake Bell. Well, they knew all the words to the big hits. They um, bought T shirts. And they, so I mean, I still think they're fans, but maybe they felt a little silly about still being fans because this is from their youth, really. Yeah, they're, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's I don't know. More so their youth than me or Lizzie's even. They're yeah. older than me. Yeah. Well, they're all graduated. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, our boss at the t-shirt company was like, "I love Drake and Josh," and he's uh, younger than me, older than these boys. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, people like the Drake and Josh, and well, interestingly, Drake still likes Drake, Drake and, Josh. and Josh. A lot of really people, is good. a lot of people run from their past like that, and he's like, "Oh, and I guess you guys had watched the Treehouse episode." Yeah, yeah he was which excited is, about it. Which is pretty funny. It's a pretty funny well, episode. He pointed out that they don't do anything that dates that show. Like iCarly is so oh, dated yeah, yeah. if you watch it. It's, Drake and Josh could have happened today, with the exception of a few times when it's like, "Why didn't they just call someone on their we, cell phone?" We like, say that about twice. We say that about Frasier because there are his wing suits. Yeah, the dad's dressed still like a dad. Yep, and you know. I don't know about um, uh, uh, people actually name? listen to the radio. The, and that's the, the whole plot revolves around it, but other that's than true. That. Yeah, there's still talk radio. Well, there's still there is still talk radio. And, I know, but it's and not they, as, have, like, they have flip phones. They don't have they don't have iPhones. They it's have not flip like phones. Radio but, fandoms anymore, yeah. like there is in Frasier. But now we're getting off the track. Here. Oh, but, yeah, it was a, it was a, <laughs> but it was a. But it was a. Yeah, it was a, it was a great show and. Uh, Hopefully he'll. If you go on YouTube, you can see where he tours with uh, a band. He's got three or four guys with him, and one guy's got an upright bass, a la the Stray Cats. <laughs> who he uh, and well, you'll hear that in the interview. He talks about how much he likes the Stray Cats. Anything else to add to the review, guys? I like that he played a lot of his older songs because what I was expecting was like only his EP, but uh, he did play the first song I ever heard. Not I found a way, but like. The He's first song, like, I actually seeked out and listened so, to. what were the two? Because the songs I know is the big hits aren't really the big hits. What were the two big hits? Well, They're, the two big hits would be, like, Found, found a, way a Way and Makes Me Happy. Right, I those, okay. But I, to People me, were all into To me, it's You're Not Thinking and, um, what's the one I... Because you get Lizzie's big hits. Right, because I, he, the one he couldn't do because he didn't have the piano. Uh, uh, silhouette. Those, to me, are the two big hits. So, they give, I, they give me the idea of the diversity of his catalog, actually. Um, so yeah, do do seek out those tunes. Anything else to add, Liz? I felt like the like I, I don't want to say the name of it. <laughs> what <laughs> swear word? Uh, oh, bitchcraft song. I felt like it sounded a little too much like the Instant Bell, not Constantinople song. Just, it sounds uh, so good acoustic though. It sounds good acoustic. Like, but we were it having trouble so getting like into it. the new EP, but 
the acoustic covers of the new EP were really good. Oh, cool. I know. I like those well, better because, like, I'm not well, a big, just... like, trap EDM pop person, so I was oh, really I sad see. when he turned that direction, but, mm-hmm. like, it was a little better hearing it acoustic. Well, that, that's good. That means the songs, the songs can stand on their own. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, great. Well, let's... Uh, We'll head on now into the interview, also conducted by uh, Liz, me, and Fangirl. Uh, so enjoy that. If you consider yourself to be an old soul trapped in a modern world, you can relive days gone by in classic imprints from our vast collection at OldSchoolShirts.com. We have vintage tees from all the great American cities like Atlanta, Baltimore, Brooklyn, Chicago, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and more. We've got the funk sports teams, old restaurants, old stores you used to shop at when you were a kid. Just go to OldSchoolShirts.com. It is all one word. Pick up yourself a great and stylish-looking vintage T-shirt, and it really helps the show as well. So as soon as you're done listening, head there. Nice to meet you, man. How's it going? Good. Good to meet you. And uh, also in the room sitting in, uh, one of your biggest fans, Lizzie. <laughs> hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, okay, so let me see. Let me make sure I got levels here. I don't want to deafen everybody here. Um, okay, so we got a couple of questions for you here we all collectively came up with. And I don't know, Lizzie, you want to start with your question? You Go ahead. Yeah, she's she's formulating her question. Go ahead. Say whatever you want. <laughs> okay, great, great. Okay. okay. I... Go ahead. I just wanted to let you know that, like, since I was eight, I was always obsessed with your music, and, like, uh-huh. I think my favorite song of all time is You're Not Thinking. <laughs> that's a great debate. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I never even put that out on a record. That's awesome. It used to be on Spotify, but now it's not. I was really sad. Sorry? It used to be available on Spotify and iTunes, but I know there was some kind I of... I re- know, I know. I don't know what happened to that. I'll see if I can put that back up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that'll be one of our requests for Monday when you're in Cincinnati, of course. I don't know if that's, if, uh, that's in the set. Okay, I'll see if I can work that one out for cool. sure. Cool, cool. And then, uh, so what was your first question, Lizzie, about the theme song for Drake and Josh? Yeah. Did you write that initially for Drake and Josh, or was it just chosen for the theme song? I actually wrote it for the show. So when uh, the executive producer called me up and asked how I'd want to, uh, if, you know, if I even wanted to incorporate music into the show and have my character be a guitar player, musician, or if I want to keep it completely separate. So uh, he said on a Friday, he was like, oh, let's have a meeting on Monday and we'll talk about it. So that day I called my buddy up and I said, hey, let's write a song. Try that theme song for the show. Wouldn't that be cool if you could get a theme song? And so uh, we went in and, and, and wrote wrote the song and put the lyrics kind of towards, you know, about friendship. That's why I thought the lyrics are very, uh, you know, over your shoulder, I'm always picking you up when you're down, you're my buddy, like, kind of like, you're my buddy, I got your back, you know, kind of thing. So do you ever catch old episodes of the show and be like, oh, geez, or do you kind of like still seeing yourself and think, oh, those are some great times? Um, I love the show. I mean, I love watching the show. I mean, I, just even as just a fan, like, I was such a fan of Dan's writing and all that anyway, and the chemistry okay. with jo- me and Josh, like, I love buddy comedies and stuff, and it's, it's so nostalgic to go back and, you know, see stuff and, oh, man, I forgot about that joke, or, oh, that was so cool, you know, it's, it's, it's always great to go back and watch stuff, you know, it's like, it's like your, your, your yearbook, you know, except it's 
like we get to watch you know more sto- more funny stories you know it's cool so then you also did some voiceover work and Lizzie had a question about, about Spider-Man which was what like how did you feel being cast as Peter Parker for the ultimate Spider-Man cartoon it's amazing I mean being able to play Spider-Man is the coolest thing in the world you know it's like going I mean watching a, such an iconic character and then hearing your voice come from him it's I, it's my. It's, that's one of the coolest things I've ever done. So was it always? Uh, did you always want to be an actor or a musician or one of these guys? It was kind of both. Kind of like kind of put me in mind of like a Rick Springfield who had a big acting career, but also had a big music career back in the eighties. Uh, was it kind of like that? Um, I've always seen myself as just like an entertainer. You know, I grew up uh, loving Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra. And, uh, those 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 guys who really, you know, do it all. You know, I mean, Elvis and Elvis was my guy. So you know, I mean, I just I never saw like, oh, do I want to be a musician or an actor or this or that? I was just like, well, Elvis did. Elvis does it all. Like that's just what you do. You know, Frank did it all. Like that's just what you do. Dean did it all. That's just what you do. You know. Yeah, and I you can kind of tell the those influences because we first saw you. Live, uh, was it 10 years ago, guys? It had to have been at least 10. Uh, uh, you were the feature act for Allie and AJ. And Corbin um, Blue. And Corbin oh, Blue. Man. Yeah, that was a while ago. That was like 2008. Eight, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Oh, 2008, and, uh, 2008, yeah. Yeah, we oh drove to Indianapolis God. for it. And um, I remember the, the one of the last songs you did, you and your band gathered on the microphone and all these great harmonies. I thought, he must be, have some kind of Beach Boys influence in there somewhere, surely. Is, is that also one Oh, of them? for sure. I mean, we, we actually uh, mixed Brian Wilson's record, Lucky Old Son, at our studio and did a lot of work with Brian. Oh, that's right. Uh, I remember reading about that. Yeah, so I'm, uh, that, that's my, my wheelhouse, you know, is, is the 1950s and 60s, you know, lush harmonies. And uh, that's, that's, my, that's my, I love that stuff. Cool. And uh, Liz, Lizzie has a follow-up. Um, so what was it like working with Brian Setzer for Ready, Steady, Go? Huh. Working with Brian was one of the coolest things also that I've ever done. Cause he's my favorite guitar. I mean, everything that I did from the age of 12 was to be like Brian. I mean, my hair, my clothes, my guitar, my style of playing, my, you know, and, and even when I got to do, get tattoos, like everything was just like, I wanted to be like Brian. And uh, so to get the opportunity be able to get in there and not just hang out with the guy, but have a playing on songs you wrote and telling you that they're cool and getting the attaboy from, you know, the guy that you literally think is the coolest person on the planet Earth, you know, so it's, uh, I mean, the only thing I could think of rivaling that is being able to get in the room with someone like Paul McCartney, you know, I mean, that's how huge it was for me. Wow. So when you some of the songs you cover some Stray Cat songs and uh, were those ones of your favorites or was Brian like I think this you'd sound good singing this or was it kind of a combination of both and picking out those songs? Uh, they were just kind of my favorites, you know, like Don't Stand in Your Way. Uh, I mean, I won't stand in your ways. I mean, it's just one of my my all time favorite Stray Cat songs, and to have to be able to to do that song and have Brian's lead guitar playing on it. I mean, it's. Even just saying that out loud right now, it kind of feels still like a dream, like it didn't really happen. I was nuts. I can remember my, I can literally see myself right now at 12 years old in my bedroom with the needle on the record, like listening to it with my big orange scratch in my hand and my 
Stray Cats posters on the walls. And if you told me at that time that there would be one day where your voice would be on this record and Bryant's, you know, lead guitar would come in and you guys would be collaborating together, I'd be, it's, I mean, it's just un, un, absolutely unbelievable. So how did you come about the Stray Cats? Because probably by the time you were actually were 12, I, I reckon he was probably already moving into his big band phase and Stray Cats were kind of like on hiatus. Yeah, when I found Brian, he was doing the orchestra. But I found, but I, but I didn't know that because I, I found the Stray Cats first. Yeah. And so I, when I found the Stray Cats, you know, I started telling people like, oh man, this is so, this guy's so cool. And they're like, dude, you know that's the Jump Jack and Whale guy. I'm like, what? You know, and I'm like <laughs> 10 years old, 11 years old or whatever. You know? And I'm like, what? That's the Jump Jack and Whale guy? So then I started getting into, you know, into swing music and all this stuff. It, it was just like, you know. So yeah, so that was the, the, the era of, and I can't, growing up in Orange County, California, in the early 90s, I mean, if you weren't around hot rods and pompadours and suits and pinup girls and tattoos, like, that was the culture of Orange County when I was growing up, so. So what about, like, ska? Because, um, no doubt, kind of get out of that, and what's the other, say yeah, Ferris? Yeah, that too, man. It's so funny, man. You hit the nail right on the head, because, like, I was a little rude boy, too, you know? Like, it, it was so funny, because, like, you know, I discovered... Like, punk, first it was, like, punk rock, you know, and I'm, like, got my bondage pants and all that stuff, and then O.C. turned to, like, oh, now I'm a rude boy, so now I'm in all the two-tone ska and specials and selector and madness and all that, you know, English beat. And then when I discovered, when I started playing guitar is really when I started getting more into, like, the Buddy Hollies and the Little Richards and the Richie Valens and Elvis and... And all that. I mean, I was always into those as a kid, you know, but then when I started playing guitar and finding the, the rockabilly sound, it was like, that was it for me. I just wanted to pompadour my hair and drive a hot rod and, <laughs> and, and play, you know, play with a three piece band and have my drummer stand up and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, and the big bass. I noticed I, I caught, because um, one of my other requests for, uh, for you is uh, I know you do some covers uh, <laughs> Dance With Me Tonight by Ollie Murs. Uh, oh yeah! I saw it on YouTube, and you got the dude with the big double bass there. Uh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, I was touring a long time with my upright bass player, and he's just like one of the best, pretty much the best upright bass player in the world. So, when you play that song, do people think you're going to play Megan Trainor's "Dear Future Husband"? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. When, when, when you play "Dance with Don't Me Tonight," confuse Drake. <laughs> when you when you play "Dance with Me Tonight," do people get confused and think, "Oh, this is uh, "Dear Future Husband" by Megan Trainor"? They sound the song. Oh, is that what it sounds like? I'm not sure. I'm not oh, yeah. When, that well, when they when they first uh, uh, played He's Megan Trainers. He's not familiar with that song because he has taste and listens to old There you go. Well, that was a bigger hit in America. But when they first played um, the Megan Trainer song on Radio One in Britain, the DJs I listened to were couldn't believe it. They're like they as the song faded out. They sang the end of "Dance with Me Tonight" by Ollie Murs and said, "Good thing Ollie." Oh, really? They said, "Good thing Ollie Murs wasn't listening. He would have spat out his tea." Oh wow! Yeah, so they they do sound very similar. But um, Lizzie has a, a follow up question about bands. <laughs> so you're into punk rock music. Were you into bands like the Ramones and the Clash? For sure, some of my favorite bands. So can we expect a Clash cover on Monday? <laughs> no, nah, it's more of an acoustic show. <laughs> so I don't think we're going to be rocking that hard. Oh, an acoustic show? Okay. Well, we, we yeah. didn't know that. Very good. Nice. Wait, what is the show? What show am I promoting? Cincinnati no, tin, the Tin Roof acoustic show, right? Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's the show tonight, right? No, no. no which, oh. which show is the one that you guys are talking about? Oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati on Monday. Cincinnati on Monday. Acoustic show? Okay, yeah, that's going to be more... It's going to be... Sorry, I'm doing a couple of different... Oh, that's shows, fine, yeah. Uh, setups. 
But, uh, but yeah, so the one on Monday will be more like you're hanging out in my living room and, uh-huh. you know, if you're, like you said, if you're a fan of, of uh, songs, like, it's cool because I can, I can go, hey, is there any songs that you guys want to hear? And all of a sudden, for example, you could go, you're not thinking. I would go, oh, my gosh, I have a fucking oh, song. Oh, okay. I have that song. <laughs> oh, like, I, yeah, I don't know. How, let me see if I can figure it out and try and remember it. You yeah, know? yeah. And then I'll play it. And if I screw up, I mess up. And if I don't, then I get through it. It's cool, but it's, it's fun because oh. it's more like, you know, intimate and not so structured and, yeah. and, and stuff like that, you know? Cool. Oh, well, that's, well the, the acoustic, that'll be straight in my wife's basket, so the whole family's going to enjoy awesome. this. Yeah. Uh, all right. If you need help you, yeah, Lizzie says if you need help remembering the words, she's she's on it. Yeah, so. well, perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah. I do forget words a lot, so. Yeah. So, uh, so is most of the tour acoustic, or are some shows electric, or is it just... how? Yeah, is, some shows, a lot of it's acoustic, and then some shows we're doing... Uh, I basically get up with an electric guitar and I have my DJ with me and it's uh, just like more of a rock show. So, what well, you bring a DJ with you? So, what is what is his role in the in the operation? Basically, you know, basically what we're doing is making just stripping everything down because going out with a with a huge band and and everything like that is just the the, the temperature of like audiences today. Back back in you know back when I was doing the the Ali and Angel shows, if you didn't get on stage with a seven piece band and do six part harmonies, everyone was like, okay, this person's not a real musician. But nowadays, I mean, you're going to these big shows at Coachella and people are showing up with a USB and they're just plugging in and they're playing. And you know, it, it's one thing if they're just playing like, oh, they're just a DJ playing other people's music. But when you have artists now like. Martin Garrix and Slushy and Avicii and all these people who are incredible producers that are doing things on stage that are, I mean, it's just, it's kind of just embracing technology, you know what I mean? Because we're able to do a lot more. It's like in the studio, you know, I was such a stickler for being organic instruments in the studio, no no computers or electronics or this or that or no auto blah, blah, blah. But then when you embrace it, you're like, oh my gosh, I could play this guitar part like this, and then just like, with the computer, I could do this, this, and this, and this, but I could never get there if I couldn't play that guitar part originally. So you still see that you do need like this incredible musicianship, but if you just embrace the time, but you really can do so much more, you know? And so it's just fun experimenting with just being able to get on stage with your, just by yourself and, and, and your DJ and have him like run tracks and go to different songs or, or mix, mix songs together, you know, and it, it's just, it's like cool, like stuff you wouldn't be able to do with a live band. It's a lot easier to get around. Like you can do more shows, you can fly more places. We can, you know, it's just a lot easier than traveling with seven people and seven hotel rooms and seven cars and seven flights and all that stuff. It's just it kind of just makes it easier to get to get to the fans, you know. So I can just like literally hop on a flight with my my boy and be anywhere and then literally like play a show in the afternoon and then fly somewhere else play a show that night and go over you know it just, it just kind of opens up my, my world a little bit more you know it's good to travel light I guess then yeah way yeah it's way easier to travel light I was much better to just throw a guitar on your shoulder and hop on an airplane than you know alright we got a backline drum then you know when I was touring with that upright bass I mean that was like the biggest I've never experienced anything like that on a tour you're like that was crazy <laughs> Uh, so, did you develop kind of an interest in kind of the classic electronic music like Depeche Mode and Pet Shop Boys and New Order from that? 
For sure. I mean, I, I honestly, the press up with you were always, I was always been a fan of that stuff. I mean, I, I, you know, and the Eurythmics, like I'm a, uh, um, all, all that kind of stuff, you know, I, uh, um, why is his name escaping me from the Eurythmics? Uh, oh, Dave Stewart. Dave, yeah, Dave Stewart. Like I worked with Dave when I was working with Brian and, and all that stuff. So I've always been a fan of that kind of music. I think it's just, you know, not wanting to be pop radio and not wanting to be, you know, oh, all these guys are doing is just go to the button. And then when you actually investigate, see what they're doing and, and kind of, you know, it's like if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. And then yeah. you get in the rooms with these guys and you're like, oh my God, he's a virtuoso piano player. Like, I thought you were just some, oh, hit a button, you guy, you know? And, and then this guy sits with the guitar and you're like, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, why aren't you doing that? And I'm like, because that's not what's going on right now. Like, that's not what's happening. And we're, you know, we have our finger on the pulse and we're, this is what's happening right now. And, you know, luckily we're, incredible musicians so we can just kind of mold and do whatever we got to do and and it's it's just cool because like you know as an artist you always want to like if you listen to my records they're all so eclectic and they evolve and they're all different you know so um we were interviewing a lot of bands you know at this uh, festival we've had here in town bunbury and there were a lot of rock bands and you wouldn't know it by listening the to the festival the bunbury music festival was just this past Bun- weekend what is it the Bunbury? Bunbury. B-U-N-B-U-R-Y. It's every uh, every summer Bunbury here in Cincinnati. Bunbury Music Festival. Yeah. We have it every summer. Yep. Bunbury. B-U-N-B-U-R-Y. Yeah, definitely get come for that next year, for sure. Right. Um, but we were asking a lot of bands, because you wouldn't know by listening to the charts these days, of course, but rock and roll still seems to be pretty healthy. And are you finding oh, that yeah. as you travel in the country? Sorry, so the are, last part. Are you tra- are you finding that as you travel the country that you know rock oh, and roll? Oh yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, and especially traveling the world. I mean, I when I go to the other countries to play, I mean they it's so rad because you'll play a festival and you could have a completely pop Latin like pop act, and then the next act will be the heavy metal, and then the next act will just be kind of more rock, you know. And the audience will stand there and watch each act. Like, they don't go, okay, well, this is my music, so I'm here, now I'm going to go to the other, I'm going to go to the, you know, get a beer or something and wait for the next band I like. Like, they just love good music, you know? It's really cool. So, that, yeah, rock and roll is, is still heavily embraced, I'm, I'm seeing. Maybe not on the radio, but uh, as far as just the fan base and people, it's, it's, it's alive and well. And are there any like sort of artistic pursuits you haven't done yet? Do you fancy doing maybe a musical or uh, or something? I'm actually going to Toronto to do Greece um, <laughs> in July. The girls are dying here. Really <laughs> awesome! It's my favorite. It's my. It's. I mean, I probably seen Greece. I could quote. I literally sit here and quote the entire movie. I've seen it. Five, I mean, I couldn't even count uh, thousands and thousands of times. I've seen that movie, and. Uh, uh, I'm going to be doing. It's, it's fun. I'm going to be doing Teen Idol. So I get to actually, uh, I only get to do, I only oh, yeah. do one song, but then I get to enjoy the rest of the show, so it's pretty dope. That's cool. <laughs> what, what a perfect fit. Lizzie has one last question here. Are you working on a new album? Uh, not a new, I don't know, I mean, I'm working on records, you know, I've got new, I've got records coming out. I don't, uh, working on an album, I don't, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's like, that's what I should do right now. I just I like making records and putting out, you know, when they get done because I don't want to have to wait for nine months, like get 
12 songs, put them on a record. What do I want this record to sound like? What do I want? It's like, oh, this is a dope song? Cool. Awesome. Finish it. Let's put it out. Oh, we got another song? Oh, cool. Oh, we got another group of four? Cool. Let's put those out. So uh, I do have a bunch of music coming out, but I don't know. I don't think they'll be in any full album form, but they'll be more of a single. Awesome. Well, the, any other last questions, girls? I think... Nope. Well, I guess we'll... Oh, I do have one last question for you. What's your t-shirt size? We're going to bring you a little presento on Monday, but we're not sure what... Uh, small or extra small. Okay. That's a... It's like, it's I'm like, very small. Like, like, like... I'm not Sean Mendez. I'm, I'm All right. tiny. All right. So we, we've got our request sorted then. You're not thinking. Rusted silhouette. Dance with me tonight. We'll, uh... I won't see it. Oh, 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 my, my wife... Unfortunately, I won't be able to play Rusted Silhouette. I have to have a piano for that one. You'll be but able I'll to... see if I can work out the other. The okay. Other oh, and my wife wants to hear. I won't stand in your way. So I don't know if you can get that. Right. Can get that well, we'll see you Monday night then, uh, Drake. And uh, good luck with the rest of the tour. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank Thanks you. for taking the time. Bye bye. Bye guys. Thanks again to Drake Bell for being on the show. You can catch Drake. He's doing his acoustic tour. Let me see here. June 19th, he is at Shockus Live in Virginia Beach. He is uh, The next night, he is at Milk Boy Art House in College Park, Maryland. Next night, Metro Gallery in Baltimore. The Knitting Factory in Brooklyn on June 22nd. And the tour finishes up at Not Your Mother's Music Festival in Gloucester City, New Jersey. For all of your other Drake Bell information, go to drakebell.com. So, Song of the Week is a song called You're Not Thinking. You heard us talk about it in the interview. It was from his EP, Remind. And uh, it's not available anywhere because I guess there are some sort of legal wranglings between the producer and Drake. And uh, I thought it was a songwriting. It's not. Drake wrote all of the songs, including this banger, which by oddly wasn't a single. There's a video for it, but it was released as a single. Terrific is the only single off the EP. I guess this was going to be a single, and then all the regal uh, wrangling started up. But uh, anyway, hopefully he'll get this sorted because this is just a great power pop tune written entirely by Drake Bell, by the way. And uh, it is our song of the week on PF's tape recorder. You're not thinking, Drake Bell. So long, and thanks for listening. <laughs>